0: People deluded I'm back again thank you very much for tuning in each and every time good morning and I hope you're all doing well and safe whoever you are and wherever you are in this world As usual, thank you for joining me for the Deluded podcast, the DG podcast, the Really and Truly podcast. If you're just tuning in for the first time, and if you're not, in fact, make sure you're following across Apple, Spotify, and all the streaming outlets. Obviously, make sure you're subscribed to me, Deluded Goona, on YouTube. Deluded Goona 04 for all socials. Make sure you hit that up and do what you need to do, people. Now, as I said... Thank you very much for tuning in. Hope you're doing well and safe. It's quarter to six over here in the UK, people. Early days, it's Monday morning now. It's the day after, the, the morning after the night before or the afternoon before. I will get into it, but I'm sure you saw my club, Arsenal, that 3-3 free, free draw. Shades of the Bournemouth result a couple of games ago, years ago, apologies terrible really and truly, obviously you saw Leeds beat Fulham, you saw Chelsea and Leicester advancing the FA Cup as well as City, Manchester United terrible collective performance against Leicester, you know, it is what it is people, we have got we ain't got that much to talk about but you know me, I'm always good for some value so it is what it is, now we know we're in the international break, it's, it's, it, depending on who you are actually, it could be a welcome relief, if your team's like Newcastle who pressures Mountain definitely after getting smacked up 3-0 or Sheffield United or Fulham or whatever or West Brom you're using this time potentially to really you know because let's be real when it's game to game I'm sure man week to week and the games are coming thick and fast I'm sure you don't have much time to do everything you would like to do with your team now this two week period and even my team Arsenal it gives every coach the time to first and foremost you know take a break recharge a tiny bit also analyse what's been going on with their respective sides and it gives them a couple of hours on the training ground. Like my team, Arsenal, what? I think Leno's been called up to Germany. I could be wrong. Saka's in the England squad. Aubameyang apparently is going to be allowed to go to Gabon. But beyond that and, you know, the Jackers and, and things like that, the vast majority of the that Arsenal squad are going to be there. You know, Gabriel don't think he's in the Brazil squad. David Luiz, William the same. Um, You know, Thomas Partey has been called up by Ghana. Apparently, we're preventing him from going. So, the bulk of Arsenal's team should be there and that could give Arteta more time to work with players and not just him, everyone. I'm sure Thomas Tuchel, you know, the minute he took in at Chelsea, as great as he's been and they advanced against Sheffield at the weekend, I'm sure he hasn't been able to implement all he wants to do or just quite frankly breathe. So, this two week period needs to be used vitally, vitally and for Arsenal we've got Liverpool after in it so I hope you have and obviously we drew 3-3 at the weekend, we're going to get into Arsenal but I'm going to run through the Premier League results very quickly and the FA Cup people, if you're completely unaware West Ham and Arsenal drew 3-3 depends what way you look at it, West Ham were 3-0 up, we were 3-0 down, it's a point game there's two points dropped depending on how you look at it people Spurs, you know it's been an embarrassing period for Spurs, we obviously saw them go out of the Europa League and things like that. They got back to winning ways with a 2-0 victory over Aston Villa courtesy of a goal from Vicenius, you know, lovely sweeping move capitalizing on martinez's mistake harry kane you know as the as the commentator said it's cute it's smart i'm not gonna lie it's a good bit of play but i mean come on now nah, that's just cheat. He's not cheating but it's cheating come on my man. man are holding that you know matt Re- matt, uh, matt Mat- Mat- Matty cash ain't even touched you man are holding the legs a leg that didn't even get touched you know he overran it and i can't lie man the ref's got to have a bit of common sense he's been completely conned um Every, every team has a player like that, but it is what it is, you know, West Ham 3, Arsenal 3, Aston Villa 0, Tottenham Hotspur 2, um, Fulham 2-1, two, two, no, Fulham 1, Leeds 2, so 2-1 two, Leeds, you know, Patrick Bamford and Rafinha, you know, did what they needed to do. And and I'd say the shock of the the week would be Brighton Newcastle for me. You know, two long range strikes in that Brighton game really injury that was a madness. Welbeck scoring a madness, Trussart scoring a madness. Um, it, it, unfortunately, you know Isaac Hayden's injured. I'm not sure on the severity of his injury. It was completely accidental. You know, Besumas fell on him by accident. Um, hopefully it's nothing serious in that in that regards, people at all. Um. So yeah, let's start off with Newcastle in the Premier League, people. In fact, sorry, where's my manners? In the Premier League, in fact, let me cover the Premier League and I'll circle back over the FA Cup. There's no point giving you two bare different scores and stuff. But as you lot saw, people, Brighton free. Newcastle nil and for Newcastle obviously Dave Sleet walked into a into a relegation battle. They're firmly in that. Pressure is gonna mount on Steve Bruce, pressure is gonna mount on these players, pressure is gonna mount on Mike Ashley and it's upsetting seeing what I would describe as a big club in terms of following and whatnot in Newcastle You know, they're just being taken for idiots, really. You know, it is quite poor, really. The squad isn't levels, really and truly. And they've done done poor, man. They were outclassed across many dynamics against Newcastle. They were in it. I feel they were in it until the first goal went in, until Tussart Tussart scored at the stroke of half-time, just before half-time. I think they had half a chance. But other than that... I think it was complete domination from Brighton. You know, they dominated possession. They dominated shots. They had more touches. They had more passes. I think they made more tackles. You know, it seemed one-way traffic for a large period. It looked like a lot of these Newcastle players, some of them didn't know what to do. Some of them couldn't implement what could, what they potentially should be to, um told to do and some of them wouldn't do it either way they look fractured they look divided and they don't look like a team that's playing for themselves let alone the, the fans the management or the or or, or the club you know it's, it's it's quite atrocious for Newcastle in that regards they that the fans don't deserve that and um, for Brighton though I think Brighton were good for large parts like I said Newcastle were in it for a period but other than that Newcastle Brighton apologies did everything they needed to do people they scored two long-range goals Tussart, Tussart's goal was a madness but I can't lie I've not that I've got to discount anything from him. I can't lie. I think the keeper should be doing a lot better. It's quite terrible from the keeper, but take nothing away from it. Tossart, it's a lovely long range. It's a lovely long range effort from him. Obviously, Welbeck saw Tossart's goal and thought, "Let me write, ra- let me raise you one." Obviously, it was a game for a lot of ex-Arsenal players. In Welbs, Joel's on loan, and obviously Isaac Hayden. Historically, um, Welbeck scored an absolute banger, cut in off the left hand side. You know, well, it's nice to see Welbeck's been having a tough time with injuries. Obviously he's found some good moves, man went from Watford, Watford got relegated, he bust out and he's gone to Brighton and it feels like at Brighton and under Graham Potter, he's found a good home for himself, he's scoring little goals here and there, you know, you all know Welbeck gives you a lot of work, he is a Premier League footballer and I'm happy to see it from Welbeck, so um, Le- Leandro Tossa and Danny Welbeck, you know, either side of halftime, very quickly, you know, scored two great goals, take nothing away from them, New Mu- Neil Mupe got on the score sheet as well, um, but you know, it was it's Poor from Newcastle, really, and really, and truly. Like, what can you say from a Newcastle perspective? They, it's another frustrating game for the fans. It's another game where they look toothless. Didn't really create much. The little chances they had, I don't think they took advantage. It looked like very few players could be arced. You know, it looks like it just they just look fractured and divided and things and. You know, it does look like the beginning of the end, people. Um, if I'm if I'm honest with Steve Bruce, somebody's got somebody's got got to pay. Um, it is concerning because they've really tipped at, at the wrong time, people. Um, And Brighton with that, you know, Brighton moves six points clear of the relegation zone. Let's be fair, Brighton are also in this as well, but Brighton are trying to get out of it. It's quite poor. Um, And apparently Ryan Fraser has vowed to make sure that the Newcastle dressing room will make sure that the Magpies are not relegated this season. and he said they have to. Players need to stuff out their chests. With that, you look at it, people. Newcastle have now gone. Have now won just two in. Have now just got two wins from their last twenty games in all comps, people. To be fair to you, they have had Spurs. They've had Arsenal, Spurs, West Ham, Liverpool, Leicester. Um, to, um, to to to. And 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 things like that prior And I think they've not been helped by the league um, By the league in their fixture In the way the fixtures have been dropped And I've said some of those games for a reason Because after the international break I think they've got to do it again like they've been done really dirty when you look at the fixture calendar in general but when you look at it people you know they've still got to play Spurs still got to play West Ham well West Ham in form Spurs is a tough game historically they've got Liverpool Leicester Man City and Arsenal so again they've got it all to do now I'm wary because they will pick up points there will be some shot results they're not going to get all of them L's but anything is possible people Um, and like I said for me when I think of Newcastle I think of fight desire and all of these sort of things there the working class nature. None of that was respected um, on the weekend in that performance and it was terrible. Brighton, On final note on that though, people, Brighton have scored two goals from outside the box in a single Premier League game for the first time. Last time they did so in league competition, you'd have to go back to 2017 against QPR, people. So it is what it is in that regards, you know, Newcastle's loss is firmly Brighton's gain. Now, if we go back to Fulham, people, obviously Fulham did score, did ruin um did did ruin Leeds's clean sheet. Did score from a set piece, something that is and I'd say an Achilles heel for Leeds's men. Leeds were done a bit dirty, courtesy of VAR and you know former Arsenal man Luke Ayling. But ev- either way, you know Bamford, you know got a goal and assist between Bamford and Rafinha and the rest of the Leeds boys is a smash and grab a vital away game victory for Fulham. I, I don't think they played bad, but it's you know. Playing well or playing bad doesn't matter, it's the three points, there's been many games where I think Fulham have been courageous, I think, you know, I've said it several times against other teams and big teams, I think they've been courageous, I think they fought, I think they've been unlucky, but either way, these things don't mean you're staying in the league, they're a dramatically better team than they were a period ago, and I think Scott Parker, while you don't deserve praise for getting relegated, um, You know, I think he deserves a lot of praise for just getting that, just reworking that team and getting some spirit and fight and at least they're making more of a meal because they were on course to do a derby or do, remember Watford came up one year and I'm sure Sheffield in that, they were just losing every game and quite poor. Um it was a fairly even contest, in my opinion, as a neutral looking at it. But again, the fine margins went to Leeds. Leeds were a tiny bit more clinical. Um, despite the fact they actually had less shots on target, both teams had 13 shots apiece. Fulham had six shots on target to Leeds is four. Um Fulham did dominate possession, but like I said, you can dominate possession, you can have shots, you can do all of these things. If you don't get three points, it doesn't matter. And especially at this point in time as well, especially when you've got Sheffield United in the FA Cup, you know, you've seen Newcastle have a poor result it would have made it even more decent if they were to win and you know you look at the table again we're getting there people you know if you if we just go on pardon me if we just go off Manchester City there's eight games left people you know there's eight games you know we've got nine games nine games left from an Arsenal perspective and you look at it people Fulham they're in problems because of the you know what? You could keep you. You know what? It's a it's a weird one because I would say from sixteenth sixteenth place to twentieth would be the guys that are fighting this thing, but with eight games to go, you never know. You know, it's quite open in the same way top four is because forty points will make you safe. So I think Palace and Leeds are cool. Leeds are on thirty nine now. Palace are on 37, Wolves are not going down in my opinion, they're on 35, Southampton have had some L's this season but they're on 33 points, really it's just, even Burnley, I think Burnley will be safe, so I'm really just counting Brighton, Newcastle, Fulham, West Brom and Sheffield to fight it out but apart from West Brom, I mean from Sheffield and I think West Brom have gone too like you've seen people, there's probably only one spot left, mathematically you know I'd say from 14th to 20th, well to 19th, it's political, now I think Two of those, three. I think the rele- for what it's worth, I think the relegation table will stay as it is with Fulham 18th, West Bromwich being in 19th, and rock bottom Sheffield United. But you never know, Fulham, and-, and VARs even done them dirty. They're on 26 points. I can't lie. Fulham might not be. I don't know if Fulham can back it. But if I went on sentiment and just what I'm seeing with my eyes, if the way Newcastle are moving and the way Fulham are moving, I think I back New. I'm pretty sure most neutrals want Fulham to do it. I back Fulham to swap places with Newcastle and 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 be saved by the skin of their teeth. Now, obviously, the quality will make the difference. But when I look at Fulham, I see Scott Parker. He's on it. You know, Adam Ola Lookman is putting in a shift. You know, we could go through many. You know, Tolson left City doing well. Everyone at, at at Fulham is doing their thing, in my opinion, individually and collectively. Newcastle, it looks divided, and this is the worst time, really, for all of that sort of stuff to happen. So, again, ultimately. I can praise Fulham, but the one thing they ain't got picking up is three points consistently. You'd imagine they can get out of that. And even even Brighton, Brighton got 32, Newcastle on 28, Fulham's on 26. It's a bit political. I think really and truly, I think there's only one spot in that relegation place left. And Fulham, you know, from 18th to 14th, again, Fulham need a lot. Fulham have played the most out of all of these teams from 13th place Wolves. Even though I don't think Wolves and Southampton and even Burnley are going down, I just see 35 points in in Wolves and I think you're safe. But Fulham on 26, that could be done, you know. But I just think Fulham will probably go down. I think if anyone's going to lose, that's going to be Newcastle. I think Brighton will stay up. Potter knows the thing. I think Sean Dice's men have kind of hit some mini-form at the best time. Wolves for me, Southampton, and I don't want to say too good to go down, but I don't think these sides will go down. Like I said, I think the relegation battle will stay relegation race will stay how it is you know not that you can say anything you know Sheffield United can't move out West Brom and Jalbin need to do a madness if they were mathematically I think it's still possible you know 10 points separate them and Newcastle but you'd imagine 10 points nine games for Newcastle to go Fulham have played 30 as well crucially it's crazy and obviously the goal difference to be fair Fulham's minus 15 Newcastle minus 20 West Brom are minus 37 West Sheffield United are 34, my word, when I say Arsenal got problems, which we do, you know, I have to count some sort of blessings, but it is what it is between the Fulham game, you know, Rafina and Patrick Bamford made the difference, like I said, Bamford goal and assist, masterstroke from me, I put um Bamford in my FPL team people, Um, as you lot know, this is Leeds 7th away win in the Premier League this season, that's the most by a newly promoted side since 05-06 when Wigan won 8 and West Ham won seven. Fulham have lost 10 games at Craven Cottage this season. Only Sheffield United with 11 have lost more at this stage so far in the Premier League this season. The last campaign in which Fulham lost more home league games was 13-14. Is that not the year they went down? I could be wrong. No player has been directly involved in more away goals in the Premier League this season than Patrick Bamford, people. He, um, you know, he's actually level with Bruno Fernandes. Um, Leeds have conceded 11 goals from corner situations this season, at least three more than any other side. And that's still an Achilles heel for them people, really and truly. Um, As I said, Tottenham Hotspur 2, Aston Villa nil, back to winning ways. I know it's not quite the southern comfort they need after going out of did the Europa League and it being by a, a a a hair and you know you saw a lot of language coming out that if Jose Mourinho doesn't get top four he should be sat he's gonna be sat Levy is willing to pull the trigger and I believe he should be on one hand he's for me I've said it as an outsider looking in it looked like he had a better transfer window than Poch you know forget that obviously. Doherty has come to show he's robbed. Hoiberg, I think, you know, fans were saying he's signing of the season and them things there and they're just seeing how limited they... Spurs fans just can't see how limited he is. He's a good player, but calm it down. But without talking about them, I think they needed a backup striker. They got it you know Bale again um, Bale's a good player and that helps boost morale and stuff like that but just on the basis of they needed a couple players to help Kane and Son and previously Delhi, they got Bale so they got Vecinius the for the squad they got Bale they got Heiberg, they needed a right back which they shouldn't have sold Carl Walker-Peters they got Doherty you know I think he had in terms of centre-half with Rodon in terms of addressing areas he had it and you know there's an outlay Jose's got to put in performances I don't think it's always been Jose I think a lot of it is Jose but I think the players are allowed to to hide you know I'm so I don't think you can blame going out in Europe on Jose Mourinho in my opinion because the players didn't fight really and truly you can hold you can hold everybody to account um, and Jose has been very critical of his star players of everybody really and truly and it feels like you're at that sentiment I know in May they've got the cup final it would be like Spurs to have a manager that's won the trophy every team he's gone to except you lot. one has to wonder would Jose Mourinho bust out though considering if the form up takes he wins the, the the cup. He gets to save face, saying, "Yo, I got a trophy and that," and then bust out. You know, Spurs are up to sixth. So it show, shows how crazy the season is. Spurs are up to six, which means Arsenal messing about means a lot more. Not that we're ever in it, but Spurs are up to six. You know, they can put form together. You never know in relation to top four, which I think they can't get or Europa League. Um, you know Spurs I did think it was play acting from Harry Kane and he bought that penalty and it's quite disgraceful but it is what it is. Terrible mistake from Martinez for, um, for Spurs' first goal in which the seniors, Moore and I think Kane all, all combined very well for. Um, nobody speaks about Martinez's mistakes. He's only cool when he makes a thousand saves and then he's like oh why did Arsenal sell him? It is what it is and to be fair with you Jose Mourinho was backed up. Colleen, sheet, victory bitter togetherness and, and victory going into the international break. You know, his players, you know, the bulk of them are going to be playing in internationals. They can clear their heads and try and come back and mount a serious challenge in relation to what Spurs are trying to salvage from their season. But I think Jose Mourinho was backed up. He rang the changes. He brought in rolled on the seniors. People that away from everything, have a reason to want to play because they're being starved of football. Um, it is what it is. He turned to these players and they rewarded him, to be fair with you. I think Morris, Lucas Moura, I think last three games, including against Arsenal, and in fact four, the one before that, I think he's been playing really well for Spurs and I think, Carlos Vecinias, according to the money they've spent, I know they got him on loan, um, and the role they've given him, I think he's proving value for money in his little backup role, and I think that's his first Premier League goal, So, and I think it was technically Brazilian to Brazilian, so good little moment for the Samba boys there. Um, Jose Mourinho said after his game, he said, My next challenge as a coach is for them to have this attitude every game, not just a reaction to a bad result, which is facts. But that's got to be on the players as well. When I hear Harry Kane speak, it's like it's one man, but him as the captain should echo the the thoughts when he when he's saying stuff like we needed that after a shambles of a week, which is true. For Aston Villa, nobody's speaking about it, but they're steady falling and they're behind Arsenal, you know. The best one of the best teams in the league this season, apparently, according to some is what is, you know, people are saying, buy Matty Cash and all these things there. Um, with that, you know, it's no Jack Grealish, no party, and they've been missing out on him greatly. You know, it was terrible in the build up to the first goal, I think, as well. I can't lie, you know, from Martinez, it was a terrible mix up from him. I did feel at times. Villa were getting caught but with that without Grealish there's no party people because Aston Villa have won just six one of their six Premier League games sorry in which Jack Grealish has not featured this season compared to a 50% win rate rate in their 22 league matches with him in the side this term um, which stands at 11 wins 3 draws and 8 L's Um, it is well it is Spurs have won 4 of their last 5 Premier League games people which is as many as they had in their previous 15 beforehand so again Spurs in disarray, Spurs in good form, it all depends what you make of it. Harry Kane's been directly involved in 30 goals in the Premier League this season with 17 goals and 13 assists. Only Lewandowski with 41 has assisted or scored more across the top five divisions this year. Aston Villa actually failed to have a single shot in the opening 45 minutes against Spurs. That was the first time they failed to register an attempt in the first half of any league game since April 2014 and you know, Ndombele, I won't say he grabbed the headlines, um, but there was a couple of times he was just showing lovely technical ability. Like there was one time there was like three, four Aston Villa shirts. He's just turned and evaded all of them. I think Tanganga did all right in his in his in his in his opportunity to show why he should get more game time under Jose Mourinho. It is what it is. Back to back to Carlos Vicens for a sec, people. He has nine goals in nine starts in all comps for Spurs. You know. Um, Um, These strikes have come from 12 shots on target. So he is quite clinical and an opportunist in a positive sense when called upon people. Um, Moving away from that, though, and West Ham United free, Arsenal free. Now, again, it depends how you look at it, because when, you know, I'm going to say what I was hoping for. You know, going into the international break, a convincing performance, a convincing display, um, you know, knowing that Spurs are in wo- woeful form, a couple of our teams aren't playing. So, if, and we've spoken about if you are to get top four or Europa League, you're relying on other teams. So, you've got to take your points when they come um not not happy at all people not happy at all I won't I won't sit here in cap I'm not happy at all I'm happy that you know 3-3 looks better than 3-0 damn it it should have even been 4-5 I'm sure Aston I mean West Ham if they look back at it they should have scored more you know Antonio hit the post they had a couple of chances away from that I'm sure you will remember should have killed the game I feel there was poor game management from them second half they were at our mercy um and any regardless, anytime you're up 3-0 up, you need to see that through to the end. That's that's dropped. Um so yeah, if you look at the second half, you'd say West Ham, you know, should have taken three points and, and we're a bit fortunate um to to, to to not drop all of them. Same goes for Arsenal. Now it's disappointing because I keep hearing people say we can't play like how we did against Olympiakos, or so we're not gonna do anything. We need to win all our games, we need to stop playing and, and letting cheap mistakes. There's always fighting talk, rallying talk away from it but when it's time to do it it's the same old habits and the same old mistakes um you know bit of a bewildering lineup pre-game from Mikel Arteta but at the end of the day you know I give him his dues you know Chambers played I Irazor played very well probably the best player on the field excluding Lacazette and for me man of the match Martin Odegaard Pepe should have started he came off the bench you know, Aubameyang, I did think he played better than Man. I've giving him credit for. He tracked back, he made some slide tackles and that, but he was anonymous, ineffective and quite toothless, really. And for me, I didn't think he should have started anyways. So I think that's someone that needs to be dropped. It's terrible, really, because, again, you know, it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah, it shows that we we've been knowing Arsenal do have some fight, some hunger, some desire. It's there a bit now. We've shown it in big games. We've shown it to come back against Aston Villa. I mean against I mean against Leicester prior and today we've been doing this and I hear that, but that is not outweighing the that that pro is is being outweighed by several cons. It's another game where for me you're treating it. Listen, it's a tough one because it's all fun and games beating an out of form Fulham, an out of form Brighton, an out of form Chelsea side and I'll give credit to them but you need to be galvanised you know you're playing against a team that's fifth manager's doing his thing in David Moyes the players collectively are playing well you, we knew before Lingard loves to score against Arsenal and he's a very street smart footballer we knew, we knew we wanted to sign Ben Rama so we knew how he's on crud we know what Antonio's about and since Mikel Antonio started, said he's playing for Jamaica he's the best striker in the league in my opinion along with Bobby Reed. we know what Bowen's about very underrated technical sort of player their front three was very good in the the first half people they were cl- they were quick playing good moves passing us off the park you know that first goal first goal is the only one I can say alright cool I'm not happy with conceding it but it was lovely play from Diop into uh, Antonio and then obviously Lingard's involved but for me it's disgraceful because we know set pieces you need to be switched on we know their front four including the, the 10 in Lingard is very aggressive they can cut you open they're positive on the transition you know aerial situations they're fifth so they're in form they're flying high we're going to their ground, we need to wake up we need to have individual accountability I do think maybe the changes kind of harmed us, I don't agree with any fatigue it was terrible we're treating it like it's Barcelona 2011 we're sitting back we're playing long balls in which you know we're not stronger than them and physically better than them so we're just giving it back to them and obviously when you're camped in your own half already and you're kicking it back to them that becomes tiring I know because the team I used to play for in Sunday League used to do that when there's no out ball and you're gifting it back to the opposition they're mounting attacks again and again and I'm, I'm pretty sure Dawson Fabianski, Diop, Cresswell—you know—they're um, right back. I'm sure first half an hour odd. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they probably thought, you know, I can't believe it. We had the Kingdom of the City, Freedom of the City. They're not being tested. Arsenal look disorganized, disjointed. Some men are not at the races. Probably the worst 45 I've seen in Tierney in, a, in, a, in an Arsenal shirt. It was terrible, people. And if you can't be, this is why you need to start games well. This is another problem we're conceding cheap goals. We're starting the game slowly, finishing it better. You know, if we if we start a game strong, we finish it bad, like last week against Spurs. And it just shows what you don't get from Arsenal. And for me, it might not be the same as the Europa League, but this tells me the sentiment. Two games this week, you know, we might have not lost, but it looks like a L, people. Well, we lost against the Olympiacos, and obviously we've drawn against West Ham. But it feels like a L because, you know, West Ham, I don't want to take nothing away from them. Game, man to man, they were quality people. But we were poor, you know, we've given them their goals, bro, I couldn't believe what I was seeing, you know, first 17 minutes, you've conceded two goals, like I said, the Lingard one, it is what it is, when you've conceded that, mentally, you have to switch on, you have to switch on, so to concede again, about 180 seconds, whatever, before, obviously, um, or or whatever it was, um, to concede another one is poor, and the manner we obviously conceded that goal, you know, Tierney, David-Louise, Marie, Leno, no, but everybody switched off. People's backs are turned. It's absolutely shocking, you know, for that second goal. Street smartness from Lingard to take it quickly. And Leno should be doing much better in that in, for that near post. His his distribution, um, his, his everything he did was quite shaky. And I tell you, what, I like Leno, but I think you lot of Arsenal fans I'm speaking to overrating quite a lot. The third goal, atrocious between, again, Leno, Chiarantini and everybody else. You know, it was a poor game, you know, again... Tini recovered a bit, Partey, I mean Partey played well in my opinion, Tini recovered, uh, Marie and David Luiz played better in the second half but the damage is done and for me, for, for, for Arteto, I have to question your management because you're telling me Gabriel is tired, you know, why didn't you play Marie in the, in the Europa League, why did you play Gabriel, because you see what happens when you mess around with too much of the defence, I don't mind playing around with the front sort of bit of the team, but um, pause, um, but I don't think you should be, you know, it's fair enough you started David Luiz, but you're just bringing in man and chopping up man. It's not making sense. It was terrible. I don't blame Arteta for that first twenty minutes because the players have shown they're not serious. You're not serious. So you don't keep doing things like this. Um, West Ham cut us open. That them three goals between the between Antonio, I know Suchek, slashing on ongoing and Lingard. They were quality, and West Ham dropped three points today. Well, look, I'd say I have to be the happier in it because three nil. I would have not have been happy sitting there speaking to you guys about such. I cannot even cap. But it is what it is. I give us credit, you know. The positives are we did get back into the game. You know, if we ifs and buts are not anything. But if you start well, you don't need to get back in the game. Um, second half was a bit of pandemonium end to end where we could have lost it. But there was some desire to get back in the game. But once again, it's a game that we ain't started well. Cheap mistakes not everybody's playing well it's a handful of players um you know 12 games without a clean sheet in all competitions just in terms of the general form it's not looking good for me anyways you're making games harder than it needs to be sometimes you get it looks courageous when you're doing it against Leicester when you've drawn it's terrible and for, for me, the minimum is turning up and it weren't there. The only positives I feel is Lacazette put in a good shift, as did, you know, Odegaard's mind-man of the match. I think Callan Chambers was very good as well. Um, Pepe off the bench obviously set up um, Lacazette and, and whatnot. But at one point, there was five goals. And we don't even shoot enough people. Fabianski in the first 20 was showing, yeah, I'm here to make a mistake. But at a point, there was five goals in this game. Two for us, three for them. And we didn't score none of them. There was two on goals. You know, we scored one lot yesterday. So... It's one of them games sometimes, but it's not courageous for me because it's terrible. And Arsenal have only ever once come back from three goals down to avoid defeat. That was obviously against Bournemouth in 2017. And this is dead, people. It means nothing. A point is a point, considering at the time we were, we're now ninth. But that's another positive. Um, part A got 90. We're ninth. And and Odegaard, Chambers, and Lakersh- shine. pardon me, um... It means nothing though because it's just gonna get framed up and, and shown in Premier League years in like ten years from now as a crazy game. It's obviously they they prior to the game I wouldn't have I would have taken a point because they're fifth and we're tenth for you live to fight another day. But we needed to win both teams. To a point doesn't help either team. It doesn't help West Ham in their quest to get top four. It doesn't help us in what we're trying to do. And I think it's firmly two points dropped for both teams. And. I would be the happier if I'm an Arsenal fan just because we could have lost 3-0. But prior to the game, I wouldn't be because, again, the minimum is turning up something. Arsenal, time and time and time again, are unable to do, people. So, different dogs, same ish. You know, at least we're undefeated, people. Um, and, And we're not learning our lessons. Like, I'm seeing Bakayo Saka mark Declan Rice from set pieces. I'm seeing Declan Rice be allowed to drive forward, nobody just breaking him down and it shows this team amongst everything needs to be street smart people. Arsenal, however, just have only conceded 17% of our goals from set plays. That's the lowest portion in the top flight so we've kind of arrested that problem. West Ham have scored a, a joint Premier League high of nine goals from corners this season. Arsenal, sadly, have gone 12 games as I said, without a clean sheet in all comps. You know, first 22 minutes, 20-odd minutes was terrible and we were 20-odd minutes in and I'm sure we didn't even have a shot. Lacazette's doing well and he scored his 11th goal of the season, people. That's one more than he netted in in the whole of last year. Craig Dawson is the first player to score an own goal goal, in consecutive Premier League appearances since Connor Cody in January 2019 and he's the first to do so for West Ham. West Ham are the first team to score two own goals in a single Premier League game since Swansea in January 2017. Ten marks for whoever can guess who Swansea did that against in 2017. Five, four, three... Two, one. It was a trick question. It's also Arsenal. Thomas Suchek is the first player to score both a goal and an own goal in the same home Premier League game for West Ham since Frank Lampard versus Leicester at Upton Park in 1998, November of that month. Um, the, the only positives would be Odegaard for me, Partey to a slight degree, but I'd say Lacazette, Odegaard, and Chambers. Um, when you when you before you get into that, people um against Arsenal um. Beyond the thirty-second minute, people, that was the earliest from a Premier League start of a game that West Ham have scored three goals since 20, 2007 against Bolton, where they were 3 lot Where they scored three goals after 29 minutes. If we look at the numbers, people, in terms of Odegaard, he had 93% pass accuracy, 95 touches, 16 penalty box areas, nine crosses, six duels one, five touches in the op box four take-ons, four chances created. Both of the previous things I just mentioned were the most on the field. Three shots, one two fouls, had one shot on target. Um, he's complete, he completed seven passes into the box in open play. That was the most by a single Arsenal player this season in any game. Martin Odegaard has played more minutes in the league for Arsenal with 474 than he has in the entire of his Real Madrid career, 264. So he's played, te- you know, is what it is. Odegaard um, created four chances today as well, people, and he had three shots. As you lot know, no, that's a league high for Arsenal in a game this season, I believe. Um, and it is what it is. On top of that, though, you've got to praise Callum Chambers, you know. He made the most clearances, had the most um crosses. Two of those resulted in an own goal. He created three chances, which is the most in any Premier League game for Arsenal. So a centre half who, you know, between centre half, centre mid-right back, he can't get a looking ahead of anyone. He's created your most chances. It's a bit like William. It's a bit like it's a bit like, bit like William being up there for goals and assists. You know, it highlights how far this team needs to go. Sorry, people, I'm writing that down because that will be mentioned on YouTube again. Propaganda, um, you know. And at a point, West Ham were clinical. They had three shots, three goals um, from three shots on target. Arsenal have won eleven and lost none of our last fourteen matches against teams called United in all comps against Mikel Arteta under Mikel Arteta. Sorry. Thomas Partey regained possession 14 times against West Ham, a game high figure. I'm not gonna lie, Jacker and Partey have looked good together, but based on that second half, you know, to play devil's advocate, it looks like Partey, you know, Partey, Partey, better without jacko without Jacker on the ball, in my opinion. He seems unsure in, in in what to do in that regard In that regards, when Jacker there. And I think he had a really good game and you know, the only criticism I could say Partey, bro, you're not gonna score from outside the area, please allow it. Um, it's not gonna happen. You shoot like you're playing, vol like, like you're playing on a sand pitch with a with a fly football. Um but anyways I love Thomas Partey. Um, away from that though, it is it is what well it is, people. Um and and again, frustrating because again, Lingard has scored five goals against Arsenal New Comps. That's the most he's netted against any professional any opponent in his professional career. There was only ninety-eight seconds which separated West Ham's opener and the second. So again, game management mentally you have to ask many questions of Arsenal Football Club. Um, in that regards, people, you know, it's quite shocking, you know, but I say shocking, is it really? You know, it is what it is. We live to fight another day firmly if you're an Arsenal man. Away from that though, folks, and getting into FA Cup action, another Cup Cup Arsenal exited way too quickly. Um, in terms of the fixtures, to my knowledge, the only ones I saw, um, we touched on it vaguely at the start, Leicester 3, Manchester United 1, Chelsea 2, Sheffield United 0. So Man United are out, Sheffield United are out. Not a good, a good day, a good... A good day for the teams that begin and end in United. Um, Manchester City, courtesy of Kevin De Bruyne and Gundogan, defeated Everton two goals to nil. The Seaside Town derby clash between Bournemouth and Southampton ended with Southampton winning 3-0. You know, lovely, good efforts from Redmond and is it Gineppo? I can't say his name, but two good efforts from them in particular. And obviously they've added a third to the score sheet. So it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be very interesting. I think Chelsea I think it's Chelsea versus Man City and I think it's Leicester versus Southampton in the in the latter stages of the cup, people. Um in that regard. I should have some notes on that. So let me actually confirm that, people. Yeah, it actually is that. So again, you know, there's a big chance of a neutral team in the final, and again. For Manchester City, the quadruple is on. You know they're in the final of the Carabao. You know they're too. You know they're, they're they're close to the FA Cup final now, and it magically FA Cup, and all you never know. Tuchel's got a chance of claiming some silverware on two fronts. Let's not forget Champions League and this. You know you, City are close to are in the semis. They're in the final for the League Cup, Champions League. Now they've got Dortmund. We'll touch on that. I don't know what happens there, and they're gonna win the Premier League. So you'd imagine there's the dub. I'd say. The, the quadruple is is the impossible, which they should be trying to look to do. Um, the treble is the improbable, which they should be able to do. Um, and for me, they should get a double minimum, you know. For me, I see no reason why you shouldn't be... Again, Chelsea versus City is a short straw, but between Thomas Tuchel and Pep, you know, you'd imagine the team that advances wins it, saying that it'll be good. I, I think it would be good for Hasenhutl to win because... Largely, I think people overstate what he's been doing, but I don't think you can overstate because I think he's done well with Southampton. They've had some woeful results and stuff. It'd be good for them because they've had a roller coaster of a season. I think Brendan Rodgers deserves something in it now. I know he's, you know, he's a manager worth his own weight. He's done what he's needed to do at Celtic, but I think they'll deserve that. You know, to be fair. If Leicester qualify for the top four and win FA Cup, that's a fantastic season for Leicester, in my humble opinion. You know, Chelsea, Thomas Tuchel took over shades of Arteta in that you're taking over kind of midway or part through a season and you've ended it with a trophy. It it would show that there's some building blocks there. There's, you know, if you listen to me, we can imagine, with all due respect to the FA Cup, imagine what it feels like to win champs and not that Tuchel knows about that and the Premier League and all those sort of things. And for Thomas Tuchel, you know, it's always good because you don't know how a managerial career is going to go such as football Thomas Ducal's doing a great job right now and I'm not saying this is going to happen but he could get sacked next year this is how football is and that's not just for him that's everybody at least if you get sacked you know okay cool my move there weren't in vain man got some silverware innit that's what I feel, you know. And Silver, where's we going to look back on? I'm sure Thomas Tuchel will look back and say, he's not going to think, yo, I took over at the midway point at Chelsea, blah, blah, blah. We're in this for trophies. Chelsea are in this for trophies like my team, Arsenal and any other club. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, people. Um, the semi-finals are set to be played on the weekend of April the 17th and 18th at Wembley. As you lot know, the final will be done in just under a month, May the 15th. So potentially for City, they could be visiting Wembley a couple of times and and whatnot. Um, So make of that what you will. But now let's actually scrutinise the performances. Now let's start with Manchester United against Leicester. Now that was a terrible game for Man United. The whole team was terrible. You know, the subs, the damage was done by them. But I just feel there was numerous players. I think Martial was anonymous. Um, I think, Two players I think were very terrible. I think Maguire was poor, getting skinned, almost got skinned alive for a Vardy chance, switching off as well. You know, Fred and Matic, absolutely appalling. You know, Fred for that mistake, and it's sad to see he's been racially abused. Matic never got going. And, you know, Oli Golasolce, I know he said trophies aren't important. They serve the ego and things like that. And it looked like nonsense. It looked like the gamble didn't, didn't, didn't pay off, you know, for, for Man United in terms of what they wanted to do. Um... Am I bu- am I bugging out or was Cavani playing as well? You know I watch too much football on the weekends, people. Way too much football. Um, I'm sure I'm sure Cavani played. Am I bugging out? Or did Cavani play? Yeah, I knew Cavani. Yeah, Cavani. All the man there came off the bench, but it was too too little, too late. The only positive I would say. Um, is Greenwood scored. Like, that's the only positive. Greenwood scored. You know, that's 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 it really, really and truly. And at, at a point, as you lot no, Man United are in the game. You know, it was 1-1 at a point. Obviously, late goals made the difference from Kelechi Iannaccio, who bagged the brace. You know, one of those goals, I can't remember when it was, but it was a lovely cross and finish. A man, a headed finish. Telemann's goal was good and showed a lack of movement. Man United were just at sixes and sevens and just all over the place, in my opinion, really. And they had a lot of, they had more possession, they had passes, but for large periods they weren't the driving force in the game. And when I look at it, and you definitely look at the starting lineups or the lineups in general, you know, you don't see no Harvey Barnes, you don't see no Pereira, you don't see no Madison. There's Bear, other players, I'm pretty sure I could say. Maybe Bear's an exaggeration. But I see something there. And, man, United, they were quite poor, man. Like, I know the usual people at United are going to be scapegoated. Somehow it's all wan fault, I guess. But it's terrible. Bit sad that Arsenal man, um, Vontae Daily campbell couldn't get off that bench and, and play. It would be nice for him to get some minutes in that regard. But poor from United unnecessarily out of the cup, you know, unnecessarily out of the cup, and just in the same week they turned it around against um, AC Milan in the Europa, is poor, and for Oli Gunnar again, question marks in my opinion of his, man management, game management and tactics, Leicester were quality though, man, and you know, I mean, another positive would be that dummy from Van der Beek for Pogba, and you can see the Man United Twitter account, couldn't wait to tweet that, and I think that shows you how far United are from being the Man United they once were, Saying that though, it was good for Rodgers to win because it was his 100th game in charge of Leicester. Leicester's have, Leicester have reached the semi final of the FA Cup for the first time since 1981 82. They've lost five consecutive quarter finals in the, in in the competition before today man united have lost an away go against an english away game sorry against an english opponent for the first time in 30 games the previous one came against liverpool in january of last year colechie and nacho every week i seem to be sitting here and saying he's scoring goals he's had a direct hand in 15 goals in 15 starts across all comps this season four assists and 11 goals Um, eight of which have come in the last four matches, seven goals and one assist, flying high. Mason Greenwood hasn't been able to score too often this campaign and he scored his first goal in 16 matches since he scored in January against Liverpool, which was also in the FA Cup. He has more goals in four FA Cup appearances um, with two than he does in his 23 Premier League games this season. And we've got to remember he's a young man, but that's just the stats, isn't it? Um, Kelechi Kelechi Iheanacho alongside Sergio Aguero is the only other player within the English game to have netted 20-plus goals across the two domestic cup competitions since his debut for Manchester City in August 2015. Um, So make of that what you will. Like I said, the fact that Leicester had no Senji Zunda, Ricardo Pereira, James Justin, Harvey Barnes, Madison and still managed to do the Maza against United for large parts of that game, it's appalling. But from one bad, bad Manchester club to a, a goodly performing one, one that's performing well, I'm sure you all saw clean sheet, two goals, just the two goals. Manchester City, two, Everton, nil. And it's another consecutive, it's another win on the board, which, again, I don't know City's numbers. They must be in the 20-odds now for wins. Um, it, you know, it's another clean sheet. It's another, you know, City just uh, looked like an engine again. It looks like Pep Guardiola's 100 points team again, really across all comps you know it's not a it's not a Manchester City game unless Gunduan scores and again he's up there in terms of all goal scoring across the top five leagues and I think you know in a day and age where there's not really goal scoring midfielders him and Bruno off the top of my head are a commodity now shout out to Bruno because he had a good free kick from range in the Leicester game I forgot to mention but you know Kevin De Bruyne scored a lovely goal Gundawan got on the score sheet 2-0 it is what it is it's enough to see City through against Everton. I think Everton were were quite toothless in, in my opinion. Everton were were you know they 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 offered less than I thought they would in my in my opinion. Like I thought they would have relished the fact that we might be going out. We don't really have a chance. That healthy sort of handbrake because the league is the priority. I don't think it was good enough from them in my in my, in my humble opinion. But anyways, to be fair to you, it took late strikes. You know, it was a boring game for large parts. Let's not say it was the most exciting game. I'm sure any of you watched it. It was hard to stay awake. But, you know, six minutes from time, the two goals came in from the two experienced players. And, you know, it was nice to see Arsenal, man, Jao, Virginia get another look in. You know, Pickford's got a bit of a knock. It is what it is in that regards, though, man. Again, they made changes. They won the game. I'm sure nobody's complaining, really and truly. So, yeah, Manchester City, two. Everton nil, it is what it is, that's the end of the road for Everton people. Um, Gundogan has 12 goals in 2021, that's more than any other Premier League player in all comps people. Um, That was his first headed goal for Man City since 2018 against Crystal Palace. With that, Manchester City have reached the FA Cup semi-final in three consecutive seasons for the first time since 1931 Um, I'm sure you all saw Southampton three, Bournemouth nil. Ginepol and Redmond scored absolute peaches of a goal. Redmond actually got two. Um, yeah, they did what they needed to do, and Southampton reached the next round. Redmond has been directly involved in three goals in a single prem- in a single game in all comps for the first time since 2015. Ginepol's opener was his first goal in 20 appearances for Southampton since netting against West Brom back in October. Southampton have reached the FA Cup semi-final for just the second time in 18 seasons, people. The last time they reached, though, they were eventually beaten by eventual winners Chelsea, so this might be a good omen for Chelsea. On the topic of Chelsea, Chelsea, obviously Chelsea won 2-0 against Sheffield United. Um, Hakim Ziyech struck at the end of the game and an Oliver Norwood goal, you know, home goal set them off. Um, I don't think Chelsea were at their sharpening best. They only had three shots on target. I think they allowed Sheffield United into the game slightly more than they'd hoped for. I don't think Pulisic took his chances. I don't think it was the best of game from Chelsea, but either way, it doesn't matter because it's cup competition. They're through. Clean sheet, two goals. It is what it is. People can go after to the international break, do what they need to do and get back on the top four in Champions League. Thingies. Chelsea have kept a clean sheet in seven successive matches. That's their longest run since 2005 in December, which they also won seven. You know, they've only had one longer run in their history, which was nine games. And I'm sure not a lot of you were around because it was in 1905. So again... Thomas Tuchel every week it seems like he can create history he's conceded only two goals across 17 games in charge of PSG and Chelsea with one of those and a Rudiger own goal um, among the Premier League sides only Arsenal have scored more own goals in all competitions this season than Sheffield United with three Arsenal have played 10 games more than the Blades as well so both teams are terrible but I think that tells you it all with that that's the FA Cup to gu- to 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 FA Cup fixtures gone. That's all the football done, really and truly. In other news, I'm sure Newcastle fans might want Rafa Benitez back. He's said he's, you know, he's he's open to it. He's revealed his desire to return to the Premier League and says he wants to move back into management as soon as possible. He actually said the priority is England because I, I obviously like the Premier League and my family is here. I have a lot of offers from the Emirates, United States, Brazil and China, but I want to stay in Europe and I want to stay in England. Um, If it's the right one, we can do it tomorrow, but the project, the competitive team is not there at the moment, so we have to wait. But I I don't want to stay without working. I want to be on the pitch as soon as possible. Make of that what you will. Lionel Messi celebrated a record-breaking 768th appearance for Barcelona. He bagged two goals um, as Barcelona thrashed Sociedad six goals to one. And I'm sure you all saw Sergio Des managed to get two. Osman Dembele got on the sheet. and I believe recently, the last couple of days, Griezmann has turned 31, so it was good for him. Uh, Messi's now got 23 league goals. Kylian Mbappé, you know, scored two goals as PSG 1-4-2 against Lyon. And now they go top of Ligue Um, With him, obviously, scoring either side of of, of either half. It's, it's seen him become the youngest player to score 100 goals in the French top flight, people. So, yeah, make of that what you will. Obviously, Mbappé scored. Danielo Pereira was also on the score sheet, as was Di Maria. I swear Di Maria scored a free kick. I could be wrong. Weird one. Um so, it is what well, it is. Make of that what you want, people. Like I said, it's a bit of a slow news day. There isn't too much to speak about. So, that's all I have to speak about. What I will leave you with is international friendlies and whatnot. Now, I can't imagine too many of you are watching these. And as you lot know, it's a two week break. And I'll be here for the next DG podcast. You know, I don't know if we'll go with one on Friday. If there's any information to come, I will. But, you know, Monday slash Tuesday, Fridays, you know, I'm there. But, in terms of international fixtures, you've got Belarus against Honduras, you've got QPR against Luxembourg, you've got Japan against Korea, um, you've got United States against America, Eunice Musa's is probably going to play, hopefully Antonio does, Saudi Arabia against Kuwait, Uzbekistan against Ghana on Thursday, um, next Saturday sees Chile against Bolivia, Bosnia against Costa Rica, QPR against Azerbaijan, Wales, Mexico... 28 sees Greece, Honduras, Northern Ireland, America, Ecuador, Bolivia, Republic of Ireland, Qatar, um, Costa Rica, Mexico, Sheffield, um, I said Sheffield, Sweden, As, um, Estonia, Switzerland against Finland. So what, what go on for the Arsenal ones? I mean, the England ones. What's going on there? What's going on? Why is there no England? Sky Sports do day. Where's England's fixtures? England fixtures, because I know that can't be right, because what did we get called up for? What was the point? Oh, maybe because I put friendlies there. That's international friendlies. Let's just go for internationals full stop. That ain't changed. So, yeah, man, I don't know why it's doing it's doing the guy dirty there, people. But if you give me a sec, I'll, I'll show what England's got to come. Um, In terms of England across the next two weeks, people, we've got three games from an England perspective. On Thursday, San Marino. Again, part-timers, with all due respect, they literally are. We've got Albania on Sunday and you've got Poland to round that up on on Wednesday the 31st at 7.45. So there's three games. You know, Jude Bellingham has been called up and obviously... He's been granted time to court to go to the England team. He's allowed to join up. We know there's been German COVID laws and things and and whatnot. It, depending on what country you're from, you're actually barred from that. You know, if you're Memphis Depay, Memphis Depay's been very vocal in the sense of you know why can't I go and represent them? Because there's been a blanket ban, I believe, on league on on, on league R players. So make of that what you will, people. Make of that what you will. Um, bit of transfer news. Apparently, Gigi Wijnaldum's apparently. Agreed a pre-contract with Barcelona. However, Liverpool say they're unaware. Mikel Arteta said that Odegaard is a team leader and he apparently hinted towards trying to make the deal permanent. You know, you're looking at 40, 50 million. Do you have that without knowing you're going to be in Europe? I don't know. Apparently, Crystal Palace are looking to move for Juventus's 19-year-old Romanian centre-half, Raidu Dragusin. Apparently, Juventus want to sign Moise Keane again and are willing to offer players plus cash to lure him back. So make of that what you will, people. And with that, that's another edition of the Deluded podcast finished. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please make sure you're following me across Apple and Spotify and the rest of the stream and stuff. All information in relation to where you can follow me on socials is is in the description of this podcast, DeludedGuna04 on Instagram, on everything. Twitter, just DeludedGuna, and you'll find me. Make sure you're following and subscribing and the rest of it, people. It's been a fantastic... Just under an hour with you lot But for now I'm going to keep it moving And get out of here People Deluded I'm out Stay safe